you're listening to the Passion Business Podcast, the podcast to inspire, empower and support free spirits with a big idea, a project or craft they're passionate about and want to turn into a business. I'm Anke Herman, business coach and mentor, lifelong creator, online tech-loving geek, and I'm your host. If you enjoy the podcast, please subscribe, leave a review on iTunes, and share with your friends. In today's episode, I talk to the delightful Elle Edwards, a former music teacher turned mindset geek, positive psychology junkie, and the founder of the Faith and Business Playground. Enjoy a vibrant, giggly conversation. Hello and welcome, Elle. Hello, Anka. I'm excited to have you here. <laughs> I'm delighted to be here. It's my absolute pleasure. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Uh, as you can probably tell if you're listening, Elle and I know each other. So this is going to be <laughs> real fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There'll be eavesdropping behind the scenes on two friends having a chit chat. There's some of my favorite interviews to do. I know, I know, I know. And I must, I must say, like to to sum up how I feel about you. Every time I I hear the word delightful, I think of you. Oh, well, that's nice. Oh, thank you. That's just made my day. (laughs) It's just so your word. Oh, you know, from any angle. Well, thank you very much. My pleasure. Uh, so, yeah, tell tell us a little bit about who you are, where you live, and what you're doing these days. <laughs> I'm Elle Edwards. I am from South Wales in the UK. Um, I run the Faith and Business Playground. I'm a mindset geek, a positive psychology enthusiast, um, and my big focus right now is on helping Christian entrepreneurs get stuff done by dealing with the head junk, which is where the mindset and the positive psychology stuff comes in. So that's the quick little summary, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yes, 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 and there's lots of stuff to dive into. Um, obviously, what I'm, I wouldn't say most curious, but like primary, primarily curious about is like, how did you get there? And you know, like I've been, we've been following each other uh, for some time. So we've been, mm. we've had the chance to watch each other's evolution, you know, several yes. iterations of it. But, yes, um, so you're wondering if there's parts of the story you haven't heard before, and there probably is parts of the story. There probably would be, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I actually, I fell, I fell into this world of online business ownership. So I'm actually a qualified teacher. Um, before I had children, I was a music teacher, only for a year, because then we decided to start a family. Having had little children, a small child at home, I wanted to find a way where I could make money without having to leave the home. I spent probably about two years doing all really dark, horrible internet marketing stuff, like, you know, pyramids and all that sort of dodgy thing. Made no money whatsoever. Um, <laughs> but then I um, was doing some supply teaching. And then I, really randomly, our church, I say randomly, I think it's a, a I call it a coincidence or a God incidence, but our, our church was wanting to raise £100,000 to build a community centre at the back of the church. Um, and everybody was getting really stressed about, oh, all this money. And I had this God-given idea. It's really easy. I said, all we need is 100,000 people to give us a pound. And as a result of that one idea, the charity Give a Brick was born. That was the oh, August 2009. Um, and in order to find... Yeah, see, you didn't know this part of the story, no. did you? 
Yeah, I knew you'd give me, oh, what's this new stuff? So, but we having decided that we needed to find 100,000 people, we thought, well, we don't know 100,000 people. We stepped into Twitter. And so in early 2010, I fell into the world of blogging and personal development and my eyes were open to people doing really cool stuff. Ties in with your passion business podcast. People doing cool stuff that they love from their own homes. Um, did a lot of learning, Tony Robbins, reading, and just immersed in this world of, of, of all the sort of mind geeky stuff. But what was always fascinating to me as a, as a, as a faith-based person, I always said Christian, I am a Christian. I have issues with that label. That's part of the mission that I'm on at the moment to reclaim that label Christian. But as a Christian, there's this tendency that we, we, go, we hear people talking to the universe and law of attraction, and we go, oh no, that's going to damage my faith. Well, actually, I believe God wrote the book on personal development. And so one of the things I then started exploring was, well, actually, is human needs psychology that I was learning from Tony Robbins, is that biblical? And I actually did a whole preach in our church a few years ago saying that Jesus meets all of our human needs. And so I discovered that actually, yes, it really was, could be used in line with our faith. Um, and that was, that was the part, the, the direction God set me on, probably in about 2011, 2012. Went around in circles, had different websites, and I don't know whether it was me giving up too soon or God going, you're not ready yet, but along the way, getting so frustrated trying to find out what my thing was, I started a VA business. I'd learned all these tech skills. I'm so fed up now of trying to find my thing. I'm just going to be myself. I'm going to help other business owners. So I launched, started my VA business in uh, August 2012, never had to market it, never built an email list, it was all word of mouth, got to be myself, really enjoyed it, but still it was niggling at me, God was going, there's more to do, there's more to do. Mm. And so I started writing fiction, thinking, well, maybe that's the thing to do, and I published five fiction novels, and still the niggle was there, and this is the bit that you probably know about, is that I then finally, I think it was last, last year, I think, we, you and I did uh, Meg Ward's course together, bringing all these different bits of ideas together into one concrete whole. And then October, November last year, the Faith and Business Playground was born. And that kind of takes you up to where we are today. <laughs> yeah, what a ride. What a ride. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> quite. <laughs> yeah, I really resonate with that journey of, of looking for, for, for the one thing and then trying this and trying that. And they're always, there's always that sense as if there's something wrong with that. Mm. Well, we're told we should, you know, we're told we should niche and what's the thing. And some of us really, there's, mm. is it Emily? What's was Nick? I get her surname wrong. This idea of multi potentialites or something. I've done it. I'm saying the word wrong. This idea that actually we're told we should have one thing. And for lots of us as entrepreneurs, we have so many ideas having one thing. Like if you told me you only have to, you can only do one thing. I would really struggle with that because I'm still writing fiction. I mean, not this quarter. I'm writing fiction next quarter because, <laughs> but I'm still writing fiction. I still want to publish fiction, but I still want to do all this other thing. And so that's part of the frustration for me as an entrepreneur was, well, what's your one thing? Whereas for me, I'm like, well, actually, yes, have one thing right now. I like to focus on quarterly, you know, quarterly planning. What's the one thing for this quarter? You know, not that what's this one thing forever and ever. That's really hard. <laughs> I, I would say it's impossible. <laughs> it's, funny. Yeah. it's funny, like how, yeah, I love how there's like a million ways of looking at that. Because when I hear the one thing, you know, I've got the same thing. You know, there's so many mm. different passions and so many different things I love doing. And yeah. the idea of, oh, you know, there's this one thing that, I don't know, some people have it. 
you know, they grow yeah. up and they want to be ballad dancer, ballad dancer or, you know, want to play the piano and that's all they ever want to do. And they know mm. they're five, you know, but most, yeah. people, most people aren't like that. No. And, and I never look, well, I, I've done this sort of changing over time as well, but then there mm. was always that going up in abstraction to mm. find the pattern, the commonalities between all mm. those things. And the moment that crystallizes out and I'm like, oh, yeah it's a spiral exactly it's a, it's a yeah. spiral and i find that some friends of ours i did some business training with in 2012 i'm still in contact with three out of the four ladies they work with they're like my biz besties and every time sometimes we'll write in our little group and they're like oh my gosh you said that like four years ago and you go around this spiral and so and each each time you iterate and you spiral and you get closer to that center but it is very much that spirally spiral as we tend to describe it it's not like in my experience, at least, and it sounds like in your experience, it hasn't been a straight line from, oh, yeah, I'm going to just do this thing. Because there are so many different options. There isn't yes. one way to do anything. There's not one way to sell. There's not one way to do marketing. There's not one way to do anything. Yeah, that's so true. And, and it's actually one of the things that, that I really want to communicate with the podcast by bringing yeah. in all these different people. Because there's nothing wrong with the spiral. And there's nothing wrong with the amount of time that takes because it isn't a race. I think mm. the problem is that when you go out and you sort of start with all the enthusiasm, now how do I do this business building thing? You get so yeah. bombarded with all these, you know, yeah, build your six steps to six figures in six weeks. And there's all, yeah. and I think that sets an expectation yeah. that, 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 that is damaging. The expectation yeah. that people have and they start on that journey and they're maybe in the first round of the spiral and yeah. they're really frustrated because somehow mm -hmm. they've got they've been given the impression that by now mm -hmm. they should be somewhere else, that this should be Yeah, because it but that's because it sells. Exactly. It sells. Yes. That's why they do it. But yes. the other piece of this as well is, is I think it's important for people to decide what kind of business they want as well. Like I I don't the reason why I remember my dad Oh, a few years ago saying because I was doing really well the VA business well you could hire more people and have a team and I was like yes. I don't want that and mm -hmm. so for me the idea of having a team the only one piece I quite happily outsource is some of the production pieces like as you know I've got my own podcast and so we were chatting beforehand about the work that goes into that I quite happily outsource some of the little niggly bits and pieces to like mm -hmm. a, you know, a, a freelancer or a VA but to have a whole team of people, I've got no interest in that. And so I think it's important for people listening, if they're thinking about, you know, how starting their own passion business, what do you want your day-to-day -day life to look like? And that's, for me, that's one of my favorite ever exercises is that perfect ordinary day. Yes. If you had to repeat the same working business day, day after day, what would you like to do? Where would you like to do it? Who would you like to be with? And then releasing all of the expectations of what other people say you should do, which is my least favorite word, and what is what fits in with your lifestyle? You know, this is the reason why when I do coaching, I have one initial call with people at the beginning, but all my coaching is done by Voxer because mm. I want the freedom to be able to go off to, I don't know, go out for lunch with my husband or I don't like being, I know we, we've made an appointment to talk today, but yes. generally speaking, I don't like having my calendar full of appointments. Mm. And so that's, that's my preference. Other people love that. It's, it's, but there's no right or wrong way. It's, it's what works for you and your lifestyle and where you are in that particular season of time. My life now is very different while I've got teenagers to what it was like a decade ago when my children were two, four and six, you yeah. know? So. Yeah, that's such a, such a great point. 
and it's funny because it's something one that actually really hits home for me in the sense that until I decided to start my own business I'd never even asked myself mm. you know that just was yeah. you know it was always just the, the functioning and what you know what's the next sort of obvious thing to do but that's like yeah. hold on a second what do I actually want yes it's oh yeah and that's it, and it's important question. yeah oh yeah because we started businesses, most people I speak to, most entrepreneurs I speak to, they start their own businesses because they want freedom. And then they suddenly get funneled down this direction of shoulds and expectations, all this other stuff that they almost, you know, <laughs> who said to me the other day that entrepreneurs are the only people who give up a 40 hour working week to go and work for 70 hours a week. That's and we thought, well, it's very easy to sleepwalk and, yes. and just do stuff because we think we should. And in the early days, it is hard. And we do work lots of hours for maybe not as much money as we might have done for a job we gave up. If you do it with an end goal in mind and you know why you're doing it, then that's not, you know, that's fine. But nobody really, I imagine, chooses to start their own business in order to work for 70 hours a week forever and ever and ever. No, no. No, no that's, sure not, not. that's not my dream. <laughs> no, but it's also... If you enjoy the episode, head over to passionbusinesspodcast.com and hit subscribe. While you're there, check out the seven mindset shifts that I'd found invaluable when it comes to building a business. Back to the episode. To be conscious of it, to be conscious of the business model. It's something that I actually talk a lot about because I really put my foot in with that, with the sewing Mm -hmm. business. You know, it was just like, oh, let's just see what happens. And, you know, one order and the next order and you just take sort of one day at a time. Yes. Almost kind of like surprised that this is working. You know, yeah. and then yeah. before I knew it, mm. I'd created this monster basically, you know, where it yeah. was like, oh, shit, now I've got basically a full yeah. client, client book, but I mm. can't actually go anywhere because to, to in order to do my work, I first of all have to be at the sewing machines, you know, yeah. then, okay, I have the freedom to, to decide at what hours of the day I work in theory, yeah. in theory, because, because then... If it's all made to measure, then it's yeah, of course. line fittings and stuff. And then you forever have to work around other people's schedule. Yeah. You know, yeah. so there was still the flexibility that, oh, I want to go do Tai Chi classes on Friday morning and I can, you know, but, yeah. but still to think like, well, next time around, you know, yeah. I'll be a lot more conscious about yeah creating my business model because it's yeah and so that's easy that's boundaries as well yes, isn't it exactly. I, I think i firmly believe that people will treat you how you train them to treat you oh, so absolutely. take the example of you know the client fittings for example you could with hindsight not that i'm suggesting you're going to start that business again but if you were to have your time over or you were to add no 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 <laughs> You could say, and I, I know people, I do this purposely myself. I don't book stuff on a Friday. I mean, I'm talking to people I like, like you, that's the exception. But like, you know, I wouldn't have meetings. I'm, I'm using air quotes. I know the people listening can't see my air quotes because it doesn't feel like meetings, but you can choose and you can train people. Yeah. Um, and the other piece as well is if, because in case someone's listening to this and they recognize and they identify that they've got themselves into that position, it's never too late either to change. Like if you recognize that, oh my gosh, I've got this thing. It feels like a beast, but you don't want to do what you did anchor and close it down completely and move in a different direction. You, it's never too late. I don't believe to go, okay, acknowledge, right? This isn't, I haven't grown this how I want to, because we do this a lot. We start things out 
if you're not sure how something's going to be, it's easy just to try stuff out, you know? And you have to. But, you have yeah, to. Exactly. Yeah. But, it's, but it's never, I don't think it's ever too late to, to recognize, take a step back, you know, and sometimes that means blocking out a whole week on our calendar, maybe three months in advance if your calendar's that booked up, but allow yourself some space in the calendar to do that reflection work, albeit with hindsight sometimes, you yeah. know, that, that's fine too. And I mean, I, I, I totally filmed that, uh, uh, signed that because I actually did that in, back in 2012. Yeah. That's when I realized, when it was really hitting me, that, mm. oh, I've created myself a monster here and I'm not enjoying this at all. Yeah. You know, it yeah. was this total sort of burnout and, you know, yeah, yeah rock bottom kind of m- moment yeah. when, when I, well, for lack of options almost because it was like in the middle of the economic crisis. So there were, I was, bit, I was literally looking for jobs and you didn't yeah. just find any. And so there was this kind of like, oh, okay, let's take a step back, you know, yeah. from, oh God, I hate my clients, you know, like, hang on, that's not true. <laughs> you know, there's some that I like working with. What yeah. is it about them? And I yeah. started, you know, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, you know, and so what I need to do is have more clients like this, and yeah. not accept the stuff that, you know, builds up yes. that, that big pressure. And yeah. the moment that became clear inside me, yeah, some real amazing shit happened because it wasn't just that all of a sudden or over time, my client base shifted to nicer mm. clients. It was even the ones that I'd perceived as difficult, all of a sudden weren't. Yeah, and I realized your mindset around it. You, yeah. cho- you chosen. Exactly. And there's huge power in choice. You know, we feel yeah. when we feel like we've got no options and, and we feel helpless. Mm-hmm. That's when we really suffer. When you know, you people. Well, we know we, you hear the stories true. of people who go through horrific things, mm-hmm. but they they find a way to empower themselves and they find a way to reframe it as a choice and they get their power back. And that sounds like that's exactly what you did. You'd, you, cause you can't change other people. All you can change, you can, any person you can change is you. Um, and so by changing your perception of even the people who were your nightmare clients, yeah. you know, again, air quotes, but everything changes. Yeah. You know? It so, was really humbling as well, because it was the moment I realized that all the pressure that I yeah. made, that was all a product of my own mind, of my stories, of what that meant and what, you know, yeah. And, oh, yeah. and as soon as that shifted, I could mm. see even the ones who sort of were difficult. Like you saw them, like I saw them in like in a different light. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so basically in the end, not even like most people who knew me through all that time never knew any of it. No, no. Yeah. They didn't, they didn't realize how bad in what bad shape I was and they had no idea about the change. No. You know, it was an entire inner shift. Yeah. But then the, the, the other piece of that, I guess, then is to be cautious of is because we never really know what's going on in other people's heads. Mm-hmm. That's where the piece, because this is the bit we didn't, I didn't mention in the intro, but I'm also a bit of a mental health advocate as well. And one of my things is about helping entrepreneurs because we don't really talk about mental health much. And, and the, but there's the stats for like depression and anxiety in entrepreneurs is quite high because we never really know what anybody else is going through. I think as, as business owners, then that there's two things. It, it reminds me to remind people listening that if you are struggling to reach out, but I also know that when you're, in, when you're in that place that you described, where you are at rock bottom, it's really hard to reach out. So I think us as other people, part of our role is to be those light bringers. To sh- to, to re- if, so if you've got friends or colleagues who you notice are suddenly a bit quieter than usual, hey, how are you doing? I'm thinking of you. How, how are things going? And they might not go, oh, actually, everything's horrific. But just the actual human-to-human yeah. contact is yeah. sometimes all that someone needs to make them feel less lonely. 
because that's the danger, particularly online business owners. We do, it's just, other, I mean, I get to talk to you today. It's delightful, but day to day, it's just, unless we happen to be talking to people, it's just us and our computer screens. Yeah. And it, it can, and we can very, very easily isolate ourselves. Um, so that's the other, the other part to all of that as well, I guess. Yeah, that's true. That's so true. It's, it's funny how, how the online world, on the one hand, it makes things like this possible, you know? Yeah. And, and on the other hand, it is true. Like you have to make an, an effort to, to sort of have a life. You know, yeah, but I also think, I think there needs to be more, I think it's getting better, but I do think it's all very easy and it, it frustrates me sometimes when, like, when mental health hits the headlines because something bad happens, yeah. where you get all these posts, hug the people you love, if you're struggling, reach out to somebody, mm. but you, when you're, de depending on how far down the hole you are, you can't reach out. And that's, so I think that's the, that, and I've said it once already, but I'm going to repeat it because it's important. We, as human beings on this planet, need to do a better job of when we're having a good day to mm. reach out to the people around us. Because mm. when you're having a horrific day, and we all have bad days, yeah. and you mm. know, but when you're having a good day or a good moment in a good day, the onus is on us to reach out to those people because some people can't reach out if they're too far down the hole. It's, it's just impossible. Oh, it feels impossible to them in that moment, you know, which I know has got, take this conversation very seriously for a moment, but you know, it's, it's a podcast for entrepreneurs. And I think we do our audience a disservice if we don't remind people, you know, because it's important. It feels important anyway. Well, well, it, well, it is because, you know, if we want to help people make this a choice, they won't regret, you know, something yeah. that, you know, where they keep evolving and, and keep growing. And that's like a vital part of it. Oh, no, totally. And it's not talked about enough either. That's, mm. And that's one of my further along goals, like not this quarter, maybe not, maybe not even this year, but I do eventually want to create a hub of resources, for, particularly for new entrepreneurs, because we have all this online business training. We're taught how to build an email list. We're taught how to, you know, start a Facebook group. We're taught all this marketing stuff. Nobody taught me in the early days about how to look after myself it, mentally. You know, nobody talked about wellness. No one talked about getting enough sleep, you know, which sounds like common sense, but, it, but we get so busy building our businesses that we forget about that stuff. And so that's part of my further off over their mission. But I do talk about it when I get opportunities like this one, because it's, it's important. And it should, I think it's something that we should be training our entrepreneurs alongside the, the important business building skills. It should be hand in hand with it, you know? I'm so glad you brought that up because I totally agree with you. And I always feel, especially after my own story where I think, well, actually what got me in the mess was my own state of or my own yes. mindset or, you know, like my own internal mm. way of, of dealing with things and what got yeah. me out of it was, was that as well. So I yeah, kind of totally. It's all connected, you know, body, mind, spirit, soul, all yeah. of it is connected. I mean, I've had a very, when I was talking about give a brick, when I said how I got started, um, this relates to this actually, because I remember we needed to register. We wanted to be able to take online donations um, and the people we were doing it through, they would only let you do it if you were a registered charity. So I went through the process of registering Give a Brick as a charity. However, the charity commission would only let you register as a charity if you earned 5,000 pounds or more. So I went through this rigmarole <laughs> of explaining to them. And I remember when I got an email to tell us that our, initially our application had been rejected, I had very physical symptoms. I remember feeling dizzy and mm. sick. 
I sent an email off to them explaining the reason why we needed it now rather than when we had £5,000 coming in. Got the email back and said, oh, yeah, fine, okay, yep, approved. Immediately, oh. I felt better. Like, yes. physically, I felt better. I, and, and so having had that very physical, and it's a small example, I'm sure people listening will have had it for themselves, but it's easy to hear someone say, oh, yeah, it's all connected. And we know that logically, but mm. when you've experienced that for yourself, it, it makes you more aware. Another example for you, I gave, I remember back in early 2017, I was feeling very lethargic, lack of energy, very unfocused, which will surprise you because I know Anka, you know mm. me as the upbeat, cheery one, but I was really struggling. Mm. And as an experiment, I went to the doctor, she took me through the, the questionnaire for like depression and stuff. Oh, I can't be depressed, still have anxiety. That's my husband's thing and all this. As an experiment, I gave up gluten for Lent that particular mm. year. Within a week of take, stopping eating gluten, as you might imagine, the usual toilet symptoms, shall we say, they disappeared. But I also noticed I used to drive the car and feel randomly nervous for no reason whatsoever. Mm. And within a week of take, stopping eating gluten, those symptoms went. Wow. Like in, and I now, ha I now do eat a bit of gluten. I reintroduced it into my diet and those, those symptoms haven't come back. Hmm. But when I did some research, there's quite a lot of anecdotal evidence of people coming off anxiety medication when they gave up gluten. So there's hmm. so much of it that we don't really know and the doctors haven't got the time, not wanting to get all political about it, but whichever country you live in, there are financial constraints within our, our system. So, so much that we don't really understand it. It really is all connected. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah. You weren't expecting us to go there, were you? <laughs> no, I, I love how the, how it goes in all sorts of different directions because it's such, a, it's such a valid point to make because when you actually look at, you know, okay, how because the thing is, our educational, and I think it, I don't think it has changed an awful lot in the last 20 years, we're not educated to be entrepreneurs. So no. when you oh, no, have that not. idea, it's like, oh, I want to do my own thing. You're basically mm. out on your own. Now, you yeah. have a lot of resources at hand with, with the internet. But when you go mm. there, all you find is practical advice. It's, it's the yes. practical, you know, what you, what yes. you mentioned, how to do the mailing yes. list and how to do this. Yes. That can get super overwhelming and, and confusing yes. as well because there's a million, like, it's like, it's like, um, yes. it's like nutritional advice, you know, like there's yeah. a million different approaches. Everyone yeah. Looking, looking at every single one separately, they kind of seem to make sense, but then they... And they contradict, contradict each other as well, yeah. yeah. You know, and so there's <laughs> usually sort of in that mess, but mm. nobody really talks about the personal growth that's required yeah. to be able to pull that off. No, totally. And I would go so far as to say that actually, I think our education system, having been a teacher and been in that system and trained in that system, mm. I would go so far to say the education system wants doesn't want doesn't it squashes that entrepreneurialism if you're anything outside of normal yeah. i remember my son coming home from school when he was about four or five really upset what's the matter they they gave me a row because i didn't want to put my bag on my back and they said i had to and i'm like oh for goodness sake you know and it's, it's because and it's a tiny random example but the way that unfortunately because of the pressures from the system, like we, we, anybody who deviates from that norm, they haven't got the resources to deal with it. So you have to, you follow this pattern and boom, 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 exams, university, get a job, blah. And anything outside of that, and you'll probably find, and I'm sure like Steve Jobs is the classic example, but there's loads of examples of our greatest leaders and you know, prominent entrepreneurs 
who failed in school. Yes. Who weren't normal, you know, deviated from that route. And so I don't think, I don't think the education system does help. And I don't blame the education system. It's not that. There's an awful lot of pressure. You know, it's not, no, that's not just because teachers do an amazing job, like within a a difficult situation, but it's not set up to help or to support anybody outside of that remit of normal. And again, you know, air quotes are normal because what's normal other than a setting on the washing machine? So. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. <sighs> so, what's next for you? What's um, in this current quarter where, you know, where oh. you're headed right now? Uh, oh golly, that's a big question. Okay, so right now, right now, this quarter, I'm focusing on rent a boss. So I'm working with um, entrepreneurs to help them get big projects done. It's a 90 day one on one thing. So say like if someone's been trying to write a book and they haven't finished it, yeah. um, then we, we work together. So there's the one on one coaching with that. But my other big thing that I'm focusing on um, is I want to, and I sort of hinted about this earlier on, I want to, I'm on a mission to reclaim what it means to be Christian. So I struggle to use that label quite a lot because of all the negativity around it. Um, And so part of what I, and I've got to do the branding work with this over the next couple of weeks while I've, while the kids are off school, but I want to start using that label Christian and go, (laughs) you know, and then I know quite, um, and there's a hashtag, which my friend Lara gave me back in 2014 this is Christian and so I'm going to start using that more give it examples of what it actually means to be Christian um so that's my that's my bigger goal for the for the rest of the year um yeah but and then there's also the the grand scheme to 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 build a curriculum of resources for our entrepreneurs but you know me lots of different bits and pieces but a rent a boss and the the this is Christian oh and the podcast as well of course if any of your listeners are interested in the mix of faith and business, they can come listen to my podcast. And I shall give you links to that for your show notes. Oh, okay, uh, that's what I was about to ask. <laughs> where people, where's the best place to find? Faithandbusinessplayground.com is my website. Um, and forward slash listen will give you places where you can subscribe to the podcast. It's a daily 10 minutes or less, five to 10 minutes per day. It's a mix of mindset, business building, but all done with a sort of Bible friendly perspective. So, um, yeah, that's that's awesome. I'll put the links into your website and to the Faith and Business Playground. And I'll you're very kind. Oh, thank you. So that people can find you, and oh, and, have, and have the experience of my delightful elf. <laughs> <laughs> your delightful elf. Oh. Yeah. You, you might have to share though, anchor. Okay, I can be I can be delightful for lots of people. <laughs> oh, that's fair enough. That is. I'm only teasing. I'm teasing you. I am. <laughs> thanks so much for for coming it was fabulous to talk to you and thank you very uh, much for having me it's my absolute pleasure i've had a real giggle as you can tell yeah (laughs) well thank you and i'll talk to you soon take care Bye bye. thanks for listening to the passion business podcast if you enjoyed this episode don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss the next one